0: Hi, it's really great to have you with us. I'm Rob Porter, my wife Heather, and I have the amazing privilege of being the senior pastors at Kingdom Culture Church in Burpengary, Queensland. We have an incredible preaching team, and I hope that this message will encourage and bless you as you listen.
1: Help me welcome our panel tonight Pastor Fred, Pastor Rob, and Pastor Heather. our senior pastors back. Welcome home. Welcome home. So good. You can be seated. You can be seated. Praise the Lord. Look at this. There's a surfboard here. That's good. Make sure you're um, sending some questions through on the Slido app. We've already got 10 or so, which is great. Good evening, Mother.
2: Hello. How How are are you? you? Good to be back. Good.
1: Well, uh, uh, why don't we just uh, jump straight in? Yeah. And I thought, uh, you know, a few of you might have been here this morning, but Mum, why don't you take us to, we're going to get into some different things about where money's gone and vans and refugees, but why don't you just take us quickly to the, to the, to the Mercy Farm? Yeah. Uh, explain quickly what that is and just talk a bit about what you were able to do there along with Dad.
2: Okay, so we were we spent five days in Slovakia and we left here on Sunday the 13th and then we went straight over to the Ukraine and the lady, the pastor's wife, picked us up. Her name's Alla from the border and um, she said, you're probably hungry, let's stop off at this restaurant on the way, which is um, it's about 10 minutes out of um, Uskarod, the city that we stayed in, and it's um, a farm, it's got a restaurant, it's got a bakery, it's got a big industrial kitchen and it's also got like a, a venue hire place as well where you can do weddings and things. Um, and an orphanage nearby as well called Mercy Orphanage. And it was started about 20 years ago, the vision of a pastor um, in the Ukraine there uh, with input from pastors in Norway and uh, some years ago they said uh, they used to buy bread and the pastor said well uh, why are we buying bread why don't we build a bakery and make bread and then he said why are we buying vegetables why don't we buy land and grow vegetables so they have about I think about 20 acres there where they grow all their own vegetables and then they sell that in the shop and so we stopped off at this shop which is called Mercy Farm and uh, had a great feast incredible food good beautiful cakes and um, and then the the pastor was also, on one of the other days, David, the pastor of the church there, uh, showed us around the, the kitchen there which uh, with finances from the pastors in Norway. In fact, one of the, past, the key pastors of the church there was in Norway at the time uh, had taken some children from the orphanage, and uh, he's actually adopted one of the girls from the orphanage himself. And um, yeah, so we just had a... It was just a gentle break in, I suppose, to what we were going and had a bit of a feast there before we went on to the, to the church. But that farm is where or um, the cooking is done for the food as you know we we've been financing um, the meals to feed 600 displaced people there60 Six, those people actually live in the church um, but uh, the rest um, other people who live in the surrounding areas who stay in, like, the gymnasium and the schools and other displaced people from the east of Ukraine. So every day this uh, industrial kitchen with these group of ladies there cook 1,500 meals. 600 of them goes to that church and then um, the rest go to other churches in the area that also look after displaced people. So they do a magnificent job. And the vans that we brought, one of those vans in particular, the first day that we were there, David took us and we picked up the food from there, which is some huge, big steel pans really lovely they prepare two really gorgeous yummy hot meals a day for the people there um at uh, at the baptist church in uscrod that we visited so yeah so, well, it was a great experience
0: um one thing i meant to say this morning um and i'll just jump in right right away is that if you want to be involved in that so yes we definitely have raised funds for that we haven't covered the food bill by any means each month but if you're feeling after tonight hey i'd really like to be involved in that um we can give you the details of um of how you can give it doesn't have to be a massive amount it could be hey you know what instead of um you giving me a christmas gift this year i'd like to put twenty dollars a month towards the food bill uh, for the for the um, displaced people in, in Ukraine. You do not know how much that is going to mean to people. Uh, when we were there, people just kept coming up to us and saying, thank you so much for coming physically to support us, but also thank you for um, your church and your, the other churches, because there's other churches that are involved in this as well. So don't feel, oh, it's, it's just out there and it's an untouchable thing. You can be Part of that, if you if you want to be, and we would, I would encourage you, you know, to go away and go, hey, could I um, contribute to this on an ongoing basis? Because it really does touch people's lives. I will tell you what, when you're hungry or when there's a fear of hunger, um, that's it, there is just it's very fertile ground, um, and this church is doing an amazing thing. So yeah, um, feel free to contribute towards that if that's what, um, how you're feeling, God leading.
1: Yeah, amazing, and. Mum, you said a couple of details there quite swiftly. So, yep. um, 600 people.
2: Yeah.
1: And so, we're helping do that.
2: Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I, I, it's more for them. Yeah. <laughs> it's just well, like the, the concept, I guess, of, of, of being actively involved in feeding 600 displaced people. Like, you're doing that.
2: Yeah. Some Give yourself the, a hand. It's unreal. Yeah, it gives, it's, it's amazing. It's incredible. It's really amazing. And I just want to thank you also for um, supporting us and allowing us to go and for, obviously, Fred, looking after the church while we're away because it's such a privilege to go. I'd love to take all of us on a big bus if we could just have this magic school bus, you know, that just goes, woo over to the Ukraine. And and hopefully over the next coming years, we would be able to do that because it is a life-changing experience, something that you'll be able to tell your kids and your grandkids that you what you were involved in... Yes. Yeah.
1: So, and, and you said this morning, Dad. We're we're jumping around a bit, but you it ties in well. You, we had a question coming on Slido this morning that said, um, "Is this going to be a long term thing for us as a church? Like, what about if the war ends?" And and Dad, could you sort of just recount what you said this morning about the long longer term investment and missions? Yeah. Up?
0: So um, we definitely have a heart for Ukraine, and when we're there, you definitely, when you come back, you've definitely left a piece of your heart there, um, very much so. Um, and, you know, yesterday I was, I heard that in Somalia there's a massive famine and they reckon 30 million people are going to be affected by that, going to be hungry, uh, this coming year. And, uh, my thought was, well, why aren't we helping a much more obvious thing like that? um you know this is a, th- a first world country in effect that we're helping but the fact is you have to go with what you're feeling the Holy Spirit is leading you to put your hand to um, and we've got great connections there and it's, again it's not dismissing for example Somalia but it is saying that there are churches all around the world that are having a, got, have got a vision four different yeah. things. So I feel that we need to strongly give ourselves to this and to Miserable. Um, but yes, on an ongoing basis, we are looking at, at the moment, the thought is going back in the summer, their summer, so that would be our winter in the middle of 2023. Um, and maybe taking a few people again. I'd like to take um, some worshippers. I mean, we're all worshippers, but people who play instruments or... People are can... actually good at it. The what?
1: People that are actually good at it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, that's true, um, and and um, I don't think he was being sarcastic about it. Heather and I. We're amazing worshippers, no, um, but um, yeah, the, so that we can um, build with them and continue that relationship. And then there was some talk about when the war is over, um, of us taking a team and then joining with them and going over to the east of Ukraine and helping to rebuild a something. Uh, it could be a church, could be a, a, a public space or whatever. So there's plenty of opportunities in the future yeah. to actually put some feed on our prayers yeah. um, and to put some action into our gospel um, and put something behind our money as well.
1: And that's really exciting because obviously we've had the Miserable Mission Zone for a yeah. long time and we've had, had local, uh, local projects and stuff as well, but really we've got a new Mission Zone as a church. Long term, yeah. Yeah. that came from a word that you got while working out at True. eleven p.m. at Planet Fitness in Morfield. Yeah. So that's yeah. awesome. Um, um, so uh, the um, you first went out, you went to Slovakia and you had a youth and young adults night Ooh. there, yeah. and you shared there. Um, you can expand on that, or I can move on to the to the to the prison. Um, just to give yeah,
0: a- it, it 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 um it's always um. You know if, if if Craig was here, he struggled a bit with the, the first night because it, and and what you need to hear is the sort of um, what it's like to go and do missions because it's actually quite confronting to be interpreted. It's not an easy gig um, because you're you're thinking like when you preach, but actually you have to think, get excited, stop, let them do the thing. To get excited again and stop and and so on and and you're in someone else's hands uh, so much and you're very much if you've got a good interpreter that that goes well if you mm. don't have a great interpreter or somebody that isn't as um, excited about what you're saying so it can be quite um confounding the the thing is though that you have to go there with a i everything you do on especially I find going to Ukraine everything you do is a, is a Okay, I'm just doing this in faith. I might not see the results of this. Because you're not preaching to the church, you're preaching to unchurch. And it's not even preaching, it's actually connecting. And then afterwards they come up and have conversations with you. And they will come up to you and they will go, thank you so much for coming. And they've been touched. And so what you're doing is being part of what is being sown into people's lives that other people will water.
1: I love what you you guys said this morning. If you weren't here this morning, mum and dad were talking about when you're talking to people who have been businessmen seven months ago, real estate agents with big profiles that have lost family, house, apartment, everything, you were saying that there's a potency to the gospel that's very amazing, all these unsaved people that are sort of listening going, what's this about? could this be true and I think that's really cool I think Craig said that I'll share for him because he's with Sami tonight was that something that really touched him was when you you let him share at the youth night was um uh, he was saying politely that they're not very responsive like they are like young people are here but afterwards he was like well I've got to do something so he went and did some dancing backflips jumped in a freezing bath just to entertain them and then like a cold bath and then he wrote all their names down and was like I want you guys to know talk to them in a group with the young guys and said I'm going to be praying for each one of you and he just said that they were so touched yeah by that and then why don't we move on the next day yeah. you went to a converted prison yeah. um converted prison that was a yeah. place and why don't you speak a bit about that and what you're able to do and how confronting that was
2: yeah I think the as I said this morning one of the things um when you're away like that is you've, you are experiencing um, the Lord dealing with your heart, you know, more than anything else. One of the prophetic words that we got from pastors in Perth about our trip was, it wasn't so much what we were going to be doing while we were over there, but what God was going to deposit in our hearts to take back here. And I really feel the weight of that, even as I was walking around, you guys were worshipping tonight, and I look across the congregation, and I just see... um, the huge wealth of resource that God has in this church, um, whether you're old or young, but particularly, I guess, when I look at our young adults and our families, that I think um, you guys, the the impact that you can have in the world is incredible and the weight of responsibility that we have as pastors to to make sure that we are imparting to you for the long haul. Um, so why I say that is, so when we were, we went and had dinner with the pastor's house and, um, then he said, we're going to go to the prison now, um, to visit these, where these other people have been staying for nine months. And, um, so we, I'm thinking we're going to get in the car and drive to this prison. And we don't know, like those sorts of things in conversation, you just don't. Pick up, obviously, and you don't necessarily ask. I don't know. Are we going half an hour? are We going an hour? But you realise that you just love control, so you just want to know: Are we going now? Like, how far are we going? When are we gonna? When are we gonna get there? And so we're just walking and walking and walking outside the house, um, and I'm thinking, gee, this is awful. How far away that they have to live from their house? You know, like as in their car, because I'm waiting to get into the car, and we then we start, and they said, and this is the prison. So we walk for half an hour from their house and come across the prison. Like, so the prison is half an hour from your house, like, and I and I'm so what was going on in my heart was like, God, it just shows me how much I love to know what the next step is, you know? The smallest things, whereas these people have no control over their life. And here's me thinking a little bit irritated that I don't know whether I'm going to go in a car or walk. Um, but anyway, so we get there to the thing and we forgot to bring our passports. So <laughs> there was like, it, you know, we didn't realise, of course, we've got to show our passports to the prison guard, but he was happy to see. I mean, Rob has his, I think, Craig, I think had his driver's licence or some ID and I have my driver's licence, so we were able to show them that. Um, and, yeah, it's... Um, it's pretty hard to like it looks you could just be walking into a school. you're walking up a road into up to a big building, lights are on, people are in their pajamas walking down and putting their food in the microwave that's just one microwave there on a platform um, on one of the stairs. Um, we walked into allow into a room that was obviously the uh, dining room for prisoners in the past and they've got tables and chairs so like we're starting to put them down so they make maybe a semi-circle of chairs you know do we we make church happen here what are we doing you know like so I'm packing chairs and tables to try and make something um happen I think they actually um had a little projector that they took from each place which they then put up on the wall to show the words of the song and they just had one girl with a guitar and another guy singing Um, so they sang a couple of songs and um the people though obviously they're all in Ukrainian they're mostly mums um, and small children with a couple of older men um, and again just I guess the men are yeah places. so most of the people can't men can't leave the Ukraine unless they've got more than three and they children town. yeah and now they can't you actually can't there's borders around each town so even people who've gone back to the east of the Ukraine can't actually leave now even though they've got no electricity um, they can't leave to come back to the West so um, most of the men there were in their 70s. And um, so we, we just... We shared a little bit. Um, and as Rob said, it's not... You have to, again, come to the con- terms of the fact... You're not... If you, you feel like, well, are we making any impact here? But the fact is you are um, sowing seeds and you're building with the church that already... Uh, visits these people all the time so the pastor had like advent calendars out and I guess that was quite confronting because he had a big box of advent calendars and a big box of shampoo and conditioners and people just woof, you know, just like it was like what and you just thought that brought the reality that these are needed things and that people are hungry for things they get about 60 dollars from the Ukrainian government to live on um, and I'd, we didn't see their rooms but yeah it was um it was confronting, one, because we'd only just landed in that, that day and we went straight to the pastor's house, had dinner, then went straight out to the prison. But, yeah.
1: Are you able to... I didn't ask this this morning. Are you able to witness openly? Like, are you able to talk about Jesus?
2: In and... Slovakia, you are. Um, but it's interesting because a lot of these people that are there, well, most of them are not, are not saved. And those who have gone to church are from Russian Orthodox Church um, from the east of Ukraine, and whereas the west of Ukraine is mainly Catholic... And they have found it very difficult going to the Russian Orthodox Church in Slovakia. They've not The people in the church have not been welcoming to them because they are very much aligned with what Russia is doing, even though they're in Slovakia. So they feel that the refugees are in the wrong for fleeing their country and that they should have stayed and done what the Russians told them. So they haven't been able to find a welcoming home in a church that was their home church in their own country, yeah. which has been interesting.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. And and Dad, you spoke this morning about, but we obviously as a church, we're going to give $10,000 to Ukraine from Legacy. And you guys emailed the board when you were over there and said, let's up that to 20. And me and Dave touched on that briefly, but could you speak a bit about what that's going and gone towards? Yes,
0: yeah, so we promised $10,000 from Legacy to <clears throat> Ukraine and just to give it to them um, to do whatever they wanted to do with basically. Um, and then while we were over there, um, Oh, before that, we also raised about another five from from um, other churches. And then while I was over there, I felt we should take five from um, our buffer account that we have in the church savings account and put towards it. So we actually were able to give uh, $20,000, um, which is incredible. And well done, everyone. It's <laughs> really amazing. <laughs> Works out at about $13,000 US when you... Convert it. So we were talking about the um, they're in tents. They're, they're fed in tents, uh, in, in a big marquee, which is like the weather um, is just so cold. And so a lot of these are older people, um, women, uh, children that are coming and sitting in an area that's sitting at the moment around about three degrees. Um, and I mean we get cold when it's about eight. You know what I mean? Eight, but they're having. Queenslanders to st- get cold when it's, it's twenty in windy. It's true. Um, but in a sense, they they need to be fed, so they have to come somewhere to get food. Yeah. Um, and the church is wanting it to be comfortable for them, so they're building in part of the church building and giving them an undercover and heated area. Um, they're wanting to actually open it up as a... They want to open it as a cafe as well, so that a drop-in centre where people can come, have a cup of coffee, uh, watch some worship and stuff, and, yeah, right. and so on. But the... Uh, They've got them funds for that. So what we actually, what they actually asked us was, if they can use these funds for these. Is it up there? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. That's the that's the marquee area, and then this area on the right of the screen is what they're building to house them. Um, and what they actually asked was if they they've started to bring on site these what like tiny houses, like portable homes, little cabins. If they could buy, use the money to to. Um, to um, put towards buying some more of those because the situation is they've divided up the church into dormitories. All the, so the pastor's office is gone, the, you know, the green rooms, kids ministry, cafes all gone. It's just been blocked into big dormitories. So you've got a lot of women and children in one um, big area and of course if you've got a family that's been traumatised by being bombed out of their home, you're trying to, re, yeah. you know, heal, have healing for your kids while you've got 15 women looking on who have got their own problems, yeah. worrying about their husbands back in the war zone, um, kids running around and uh, being kids and a lot of tension so they're trying to house the families into these smaller homes so they can just have a bit of privacy and so on so what that what I'm leaning up to is that amazingly our church was able to provide two of those um, and that Sorry, money is just it is incredible yeah this is it here um and what what I love about Pastor David is that he's going, and when the war's over, we're gonna actually move these out to a campsite. We're gonna hold camp meetings for, for unsaved kids um, and repurpose them. So he's not just like war, 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 war. He's definitely like, when this war is finished. Um, so it's just gonna be an ongoing legacy that's been provided. So well done, thank you. Well done.
1: And that's a great uh, segue into into Pastor David and, and, and Allah. Um, yeah because obviously we're not just partnering with a, with a place, we're partnering with the people and, and you've chosen this church. So maybe just quickly, um, mm. I'm sure some of these guys will go on trips and meet Pastor David and Alice, so maybe you could just talk a bit about their background in America and moving and that sort of thing. Yeah,
0: yeah I think part of um, Heather and my role, um, I mean, there, there, there's been some prophetic words over the years, but I think they've become a lot more clear in the last couple of years that moving forward, our role will be, Strengthening other pastors and other leaders in other lands, and I do think yeah. that 's what 's happening um, even regarding Europe and the Copenhagen word and all that sort of stuff yeah, there there they are, David and Alla and their family um, and uh, so why i 'm saying that is because <coughs> in Slovakia, we were able to have dinner with the pastor of the church he's just taken over the church there, and he was talking to us all about how do you transition a church from it being quite elderly with young people that's a very staid service how do you introduce fresh new worship and all that so all the typical problems and even problems that we've transitioned probably 20 years ago they're transitioning now and then we went into the ukraine and so david and Allah, he was actually a um he wasn't a pastor in america he was a cabinet maker yeah, and he was—he had a very good lifestyle. He was living in Florida, had a, a speedboat, jet ski, a huge house, um, and God spoke to him and said, "You need to go back. Um, I want you to be pastor, Go back and help pastor in your dad's church." So he went back to his dad's church, and I'm just—what <laughs> <laughs> a privilege! And. Um, and he went back and um, was under his dad, but then his dad, dad suddenly got cancer and died very, very quickly. So he took, stepped in, took on the church. But you could see the hand of God in this because obviously they didn't know they were going into a war situation and he's just the right, he and his wife are just the right people to um to pastor mm-hmm. the church too. Because when I went in March, I would say they were very much just handling everything as it hit them. Um, when I went back this time, I could see not just how much he'd grown, but how much he'd grown um, just in love um, and peace and joy. And the way they were serving these people is just phenomenal day in, day out. Because it's a pretty, you know, I, I was saying this morning, I asked him, I said, you know, what were you doing a year and a half ago? He said, well, basically a year and a half ago, I was planning, we need to change up the worship department we need to be evangelizing we need to have better this we need better lighting we needed we need more comfortable chairs all the sort of stuff of church life and not realizing that actually yes those things are important but you change the circumstances and they mean nothing uh, when you're talking about three degrees of temperature and just having to feed people and smile at them and be constantly um uh, bubbly And constantly lifting them up and sorting out their problems that they're having and, and, and so on. Mm-hmm. So it's been an, in, uh, an incredible, uh, incredible thing for them. And I said to him, how do you, you know, how do you, how, how do you cope with the fact that you could be living in America? And having a, just a very comfortable life. And, and no one will blame you. And he just said, well, I do think about that every now and then. Of course I do. But I know this is what God's got me doing. And yeah. and I I feel like that's what we want to partner with is, you know, and if we can strengthen his hand and make them feel noticed and cared for and loved, yeah. um, and by going back, you know, once or twice a year, then let's do it.
1: Yeah. Amen. That's brilliant. Um. We're obviously a house of worship and and, and love worship and uh, Jesse and Jasmine and the team and Brad and stuff have released great music. Why don't you tell us a bit about Bill from the UN?
2: So when we were in the cafe in the Ukraine, um, Rob actually booked the Airbnb because it was just around the corner from this fantastic cafe. So know that when your pastor books places and takes you as a team, he does look after those aspects. Um, it was a great cafe. And so we were there with the pastor and his wife having like a coffee, catch up with them. And this man overheard our conversation. I was telling them how the Lord has spoken to me and given me peace about coming. Because the day before we left Slovakia uh, to come into Ukraine, obviously Russia sent 100 missiles. Into Ukraine that day, and even the Slovakian pastors were saying, "We think you're very brave for going in, and um, are you sure? You know, you're feeling okay about it?" And I'm like, "I think I am." (laughs) No, because. But anyway, so I shared with them how the how the Lord gave me real peace about it, and particularly the word the Lord gave me. So, and this man in the cafe said, "Look, I'm sorry to interrupt," said, "I've been shamelessly over." you know, listening to your conversation and my name's Bill, I work for the UN and we said, you're a spy. (laughs) And I said, said, no, he said, do you know a good church? Because I'm here and I'd love to go to church. So Bill came to church the next day and the Sunday night and then he was heading to Kiev and he's got an amazing story on his own. He's married to a, Chinese girl from an underground church, just goes to an Anglican church in Washington, D.C., young guy. And um, anyway, so we followed his journey um, on WhatsApp, talking to him back and forth uh, when we were in Copenhagen. And I said, how are you doing in Kiev? Because we knew they were being bombed and the electricity was off. And he said, well, actually, um, and he said in that cafe, he said, I've heard of Kingdom Culture Worship. And um, so I said, oh, wow, that's amazing. And then he, so he Googled us again and, you know, looked us up. And when he was in Kiev, he said, yes, Abide has become my new song. He said, I've been in the bunker. I'm in the bunker at the moment underneath the hotel. And he said, and I'm listening to Abide. So how good is that? Amen. That our worship is being listened to by UN guy. Um, and, yeah, so he will keep in contact with him. But we had made many fantastic contacts like that, even when we are on the Sunday morning when Rob preached there was, I mean, we talk about ours being long services. There was about three preachers. Rob preached and then some other guy preached and then another guy preached. Just people that happened to visiting that Pastor David said, oh, we'll have these people down as well. So this man and his wife that work in the military in America in war and trauma, they spoke and they want to partner with us as well when we go back over in helping run conferences for people who have gone through war and trauma. They've been doing that with the military for a number of years. But it was lovely seeing people in their 70s and 80s doing God's work over there that I've been doing for many years and just still going strong so that was fantastic.
1: That's amazing. Um, maybe one more and then there's a lot of questions here um, which will be great to get into but um, you spoke this morning a bit about the ability to to take some people and some some mm. some displaced people out for coffee and scones and minister to them so would you be able to maybe tell us a bit about that?
2: Excuse <laughs>
0: Oh yeah no. Sorry. a <laughs> <the numbers>, Scones. <laughs> So, um. Is, Is it scones? It was just Father, tell us about it the was displaced pastures. people you ministered to. So, what happened was, um, you have to remember, uh, 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 uh these people, um, we talked about this quite a bit this morning. Uh, there's a lot of people there that, yep, from the very. Um, basic employment to people who, you know, we met the one of Ukraine's um, leading violinists who used to be in the Ukrainian, I think, sym- symphony orchestra. We met people who were real estate, very high up in real estate. Yeah, that's Anya. She was um, a violinist. Um, she lost her home. Um, her husband's still over east. Um, and so you, you, you meet a lot of people that have have um had a very good lifestyle this is not this is not refugees or displaced people of, of that you see in africa you know where it's just poverty 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 these are people that have known um com- been very very comfortable well they've been over with this church for now six to eight months and the government the Slovakia, uh, the ukrainian government is giving them an allowance of about sixty dollars a month um, and the church is paying for everything else food, toothpaste, everything so these people haven't been out for a coffee or a cake or something like that for ages so what David asked us if we would do is, is take uh, a couple of groups out so we took out uh, two groups of uh, women particularly to the Mercy Farm where they've got a great coffee and cake and we sat around and, and talked to them uh, there um, and oh, look, there's the there it is yeah there's a the coffee our focus is food, not people. No. Um, but, but these were, it was a very beautiful thing because Heather did a great thing um, by, um, she just went around and said, if you were an animal, what animal would you be? And we so, <laughs> seven And they did it. They did, they went around and did it. And because I was like, I'm not sure how this is going to translate. What was interesting was a lot of them had, didn't know each other's stories. So, they were relating in a crisis basis. So, they were actually able to hear the tragedy and the different things. And there were some very, very moving um, stories. And so, they got to me and they said, um, uh, What would you be? And I said, I'd be a a deer. Um, I'd been thinking about, um, yeah, having, being stable, sure footed, it talks about Mm. in Psalms. Anyway, a couple of days later. Merry Christmas! But um, a lady came up to me and said, "Hey, I just um, wanted to give you this." She was just so excited to give it to me. She's actually
2: in one of the videos you'll see when you come around and have coffee
0: with us, and see she's wearing this jumper in the video. Yeah. So Yeah, she said you talked about being a deer. The other thing was um, this watch. Somebody gave me this um, beautiful watch, which is actually what they call a skeleton watch, which you can see right through it and all the inner workings, and um, gave me a a prophetic word about that um, uh, for one of the um, pastors there. Incredible. Um, Yeah, yeah, which was just incredible. Um, They also sang
2: Happy Birthday to Craig there,
0: too. They did. It did. The other thing we did, and it is, I have to tell the story because it's such a waste otherwise. I'm hopefully it will go down well, but we ended up. Um, so, David, Pastor David asked us if we, if I would take Craig and I would take all the guys out to a sauna. So what they have is they have the that's what the Ukrainian men thing to do. Is that's how they bond. So you go to sort. Fortunately, clothes were on. I was like, oh, you know, it's going to be um, wearing shorts. So we we go to this sauna. What they have is a big building like this, divided into very. Uh, you rent an area for your party and you have chips and coke and blah, blah. Go into the sauna, jump into freezing cold water and, and in and out and in and out. And I was like, forget it. I'm just going to sit in the heat and that's going to do me. <clears throat> anyway, the pastor's son um, said to Craig, he went, <laughs> he's 15. He said, when your wife comes out, when, when you come out of the shower, bet your wife goes, rah." <laughs> he said cuz when my dad who's the pastor of the church comes out of the shash, she goes yeah <laughs> so anyway we had a great bonding time and but on a on a serious note like you can easily overlook that and go oh it's a trivial thing but it meant so much to them yeah. cuz they have no money to go and do that so it was it was just an interesting thing mm. that we were able to sit around and hear that again talk about their lives before so that they're not defined by war you know that they're defined by who they are rather than their crisis situations so.
1: that's brilliant mum why don't you move a bit closer to dad and we're going to, do a, we're going to do a speed round because the amount of questions is crazy so I mean obviously if you can't answer quickly you can't but we'll try and get through a few of them so that'll be great um, number one Uh, What's hilarious is every single question is anonymous, except ones from Marco and Andy and Scully. (laughs) Anyway, um, going to Copenhagen was part of a prophetic word from Pastor Corey. What did you sense when you were there?
2: Well, we didn't actually have any lightning bolts from heaven. I kept saying, what do you reckon, Rob? I mean, we went to the bridge, which um, New Haven, New Harbour where there's this bridge that opens up and um, we prayed there and I said, you know, to the prophetic thing, Lord, we receive any word from you and stood on the bridge. Um, I mean, it's a very beautiful city. It's a very secular city. I think if, if anything, we felt quite sad when we were there because um, it's so wealthy um, and so beautiful and people it's just like, yeah, I think it's one of the wealthiest cities in the world and the, one of the countries in the world which earns the most money. Uh, that They do pay 50% in tax, but, you know... We, anyway, so we chatted to people on the street, basically, coffee shops, and found out a bit more about the history of it. I tried to do my little um, investigation, you know, research, and we met pastors there, and that was really good. Uh, we managed to, um, through your connection, Fred, with Joe Bagnell, who used to play soccer with, which is amazing. He's married to a girl from... Um, Denmark. And so we were able to meet with them and have lunch together and pray for them. And they prayed for us and prophesied over us. The funniest thing was we sat in on their their staff meeting and they were studying Enneagrams. <laughs> so we said, oh, we're familiar with that. So that was good. But we, we, they prophesied over us, particularly two gave us words that um the door will open when we don't push it and that there'll be great breakthrough on the other side of the thing. And one of the prophetic words we had in 2011 was that God would call us to the islands. And we always thought islands would be like Hawaii or I don't know. (laughs) Um, But actually Copenhagen is islands. It's actually Denmark, full of islands, Denmark is islands. You actually walk from one bridge to another onto another island. Um, so it's many little islands together. And, so, and the pastor there said that many people have been coming to their church saying God's called them to Copenhagen.
0: I think some of these things, we, when we have prophetic... I know these aren't quick answers, but we'll be quicker on the next ten. You're, um, you're in charge. The, some of the things you have to realise about prophetic words yes, the prophetic word is important. Sometimes the importance is God opening up your heart to something new. And and I think um, we want our prophetic words to be something we can understand so that we can cope with life but sometimes we just have to go, it's a prophetic word, and it's almost a little bit like a thorn in the flesh, because it's like like going there. Very honestly, I was a bit like, I've got to hear something. something's got to happen. Um, but then I was just like, but I never hear God when I'm screwed up and tense, and when I'm stressed, ever. I've never felt heard God speak to me in those situations. It's always been when I've been relaxed and he just goes, bloop, drop something in. So I, it, that freed me up to just enjoy Danish pastries and eat my way around Copenhagen, but also be go for a prayer walk and go, God, what are you saying? And okay, I'm not... Hearing. The thing about Mary pondering these things in her heart, I think is a real, real thing. I think there is something over Europe for Heather and Myself, um, I, I think that word was very clear. It was a, a season there, a season back home, season there, team season back home. We have a daughter who's 15 and about to do the final years of, of um, high school, so we're not going anywhere immediately. But I, again, going back and a, to... And a
1: son who's 30 and a touch needy.
0: Uh, true. <laughs> this is true. But also,
2: <laughs>
0: the fact is, I just see these things as God softening us up so that we're not so embedded that we can't be used and moved. And I think that goes for all of us. Amen. Great. Okay, speed
1: round. Will there be opportunity for us to go and help in Ukraine? Yes. (laughs) How can we intentionally be praying for Ukraine moving forward? (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) I think uh, just pray for a, um, a softening of people's hearts. Because these are people that are unchurched. Um, They they have a a very a lot of them have a very religious background. Their experience is 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 hardline, fundamental, orthodox uh, religion, which has put a lot of people off. Um, And they're almost discovering. They're just discovering. I think Philip Yancey wrote a book called The Jesus I Never Knew. Yeah. Um, they're discovering the Jesus they never knew through these people who are living Jesus to them. So let's just pray that, let's pray that open hearts, soft hearts for the gospel.
1: Yes. Now, once again, we had heaps of these this morning, so I'm going to ask you to try and answer this specifically. What was the hardest part of the trip?
2: Um.
1: No, don't say what you said this morning. The first thing that comes to your
0: head.
2: I didn't find the trip hard at all, actually, because um, so, one, we were both really, really really healthy. Praise the Lord, I had a middle ear infection that cleared up through antibiotics two days before, otherwise the trip would have been really, really horrific. But um, I think, as I said to the people there, at, when we had coffee together, I said, you guys have given us so much more than we... I take home so much more wealth than we deposited in them. So Part
1: two to the question, then. Has anything been hard about coming back? Uh,
0: yes, and yes. So, What I did find hard was having two people with me. Wow, oh, you did find it hard. Yeah, because I know how to...
1: <laughs> <He's> married <laughs> to one of blessing.
0: them. <laughs> no, there was such a blessing, but I had to adjust in the first day or two and yeah. go... Because I, I hurtle through airports. I know where I want to sit. I... I don't have to explain to myself what's going to happen next, or... Is this more about Craig, or...? Both, <laughs> both. It's yeah, just... Yeah. <laughs> I realise... No, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not going to be honest anymore, ever. <clears throat> no, I think it's true, though. It, no, it's... True. it's it, leading, mission, leading a missions trip with a group of people It is different than doing it on your own. Tell me. Um, Because you only have to live for yourself. Um, And not in a selfish way, but you just... Everyone's talking, you know. But then when you... Other people are experiencing different things and you're having to help them. So we had a little... Right at the beginning, we had a a little get-together where I said, in this instance, I'm going to have to lead you and you're just going to have to listen... And then I've in these been other in those things. get-togethers with you. <laughs> well, in the office.
2: It's funny because Craig Craig sensed the tension and he said, "Let's just do paper, scissor rock."
0: <laughs> Perfect nine, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Let's all be friends. <laughs> um,
1: so good. All right, we'll keep moving. Uh, did you see anyone saved to Jesus? Um,
2: I don't think actually we did lead anyone to the Lord. Um, prayed for a few people, which was lovely because they're not actually typically people that you know come for prayer so because they're very stoic people so I actually thought I was being brave even the night that we went to the school in Slovakia that's been converted to dorms and she said if anyone wants prayer and I think I gave some sort of words of knowledge I had a word of knowledge about a button funny enough I saw a button in my when it went thing and I thought that's it that's a word of knowledge that somebody maybe has lost a button <laughs> so I said has anyone lost a button nobody had and I went Okay, uh, so, let's try it at a different angle. Like we've lost everything, lady. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> but um, funny enough, a button turned up at another place and I said, there's oh, the button. So I just rephrased it and said, God cares about the little things. A button, so you know, tried to redeem it. A button's a small thing. Yeah, it's sort of lost in translation.
0: Cool. No, we didn't see anyone saved. Um, however, we did, I think part of, I think that, of course, we want to see people saved, but that can become a block to what the Holy Spirit wants to do if you're there to actually help sow seed and be part of a ministry that is ongoing because they're not, they've had to go, these people are not probably going to get saved in three months or six months. This is a long term, they want proof yeah. that this church is going to look after them, love on them no matter how bad it gets and no matter how, how bad it gets for them as a church yeah. because then that church is now experiencing blackouts and lack of money and so on so will they still continue to love them in the same way or will they become selfish and we're going to look after our own and the answer is that actually they're continu- continuing so it's that I think that long term salvation goal we Sewed into.
1: We partner with, yeah. Um, how can we get better, a couple more, at not taking our life here for granted? Yeah.
2: Um, I think just... One go on missions trips whenever you can because that's really good. Um, but actually, just talking to people who have been ab- abroad, so um, say like Gwen, having someone like Gwen who has spent every year of her life visiting different missionaries around the world on holidays, um, always broadens your horizon. That there's much, much, there's a world is much wider than your little street and your suburb. Um, and so that like going to the global missions tonight and things like that is fantastic. Um, Yeah, and just continue to give, you know, make it just, you know, like we were were somewhere the other day and I said, you know, like on Mother's Day, when I gave out sunflowers to people, um, it just brings such joy, like random people in the street, just doing random acts of kindness makes your world bigger when you decide to involve yourself in people in your neighbourhood where, you know, there's people suffering in your neighbourhood that you can make a difference to. Get
1: out of your lane. And, and what, sorry, just put one on, you were saying before as well, you never know in the next couple of years, we may have three or four missions trips a year. So it gives True. people more opportunity to, to, to sign up. And
0: yeah, I don't think any of us want to be selfish. I don't think anyone want to be shut into our own little world. It's a fact of life that our problems are our problems. And Jesus doesn't look down on us taking our issues seriously and feeling the weight of our everyday lives. So all there's many people in here facing what feels like mountains. Um and that's it's yeah. not it's not that is our reality. It's yeah. not unreal. Yeah. Um how can we change it up a bit? I think I've had to change it up by praying into each day praying for the Ukraine. I would say we as a church should be doing that in our not just praying for my major topic, um, which we get stuck on, which is very important, but also it, it's that having that I'm going to break out of this is all about me and my needs to I don't really know this Pastor David, but God, I'm just get, this morning, bless Pastor David and Allah, give them strength, give them hope, give them joy, give them the finance, yes. give them, you know, that sort of prayer, the declaratory prayer the people of the ukraine that the people that are there for them lord speak to those kids that have been traumatized you don't have to know their names but that breaks us yeah. out of our little world and right. if we could do that on a right. daily basis yes. where we're just taking some time from what has become quite introspective to i'm gonna break out of that shell yes. i believe actually some of the, the answers to the prayers we need are not us Chipping away at yep. our stuff yep. all the time—it's chipping away at other people's stuff. It yes. allows God to get in and yeah. kind of frees us up from being so tight about it all. And He goes, "Hey, here's a word for you." Yeah. Um, so, good. so ministering like the Good Samaritan um, is, yeah, crossing the street yes. um, to 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 take care of another man's business who's beaten up.
1: Yeah. Isn't it great being a part of a church that's? I don't know. Nights are, you know, there's there's a somberness to it because we're hearing about people that have gone through hell or going through hell. But I don't know about you. I just think it's great being a part of a church that has some legs on its faith. And I don't know. I just think it's cool. Yeah. Um, couple more, and then we'll, we'll we'll finish up for the evening. Um, did the language? This is a good one. Did the language barrier affect your efforts? Because I was thinking about tying in a little bit to the salvation question. I know there's times where where I've been bowled out in the marketplace, but if no one understood me, it makes it... So did you find that a bit? Like it was a bit tricky sometimes to get across what you wanted to?
2: Yeah, I mean, definitely it was when you were, like, in Ukraine, when we're sitting with the people serving up food and then you just sit with them and, and I guess they just start telling you their story as though they expect that you understand what they're saying and you're just like, yeah... like listening and empathising and but wishing that you know where's the translator who can I grab because I would love to know what this woman is saying to me um and often when we whenever we did particularly like in the coffee shop there I was like getting my phone straight away to record in every single story because you know and obviously being a seven I was like these stories should be recorded you know this should be like in a book you know these people's stories um but especially in Slovakia. the different pastors that we met there, their English was quite poor. So it is actually, as Craig had mentioned as well, it's quite tiring because it's like, there's no flow to the conversation. It's very, very jilted. Whereas in Ukraine, because Allah, his wife, had lived in America and she even loved it, she said, I love that you get my jokes. She said, because he's, you know, it's better." A lot of time growing up in America even though she's Ukrainian heritage she said my jokes just don't settle in Ukraine like nobody gets my jokes she said to have someone laugh with me is just amazing so um, that was lovely because her English and David's English is very very good so they are just I can't say enough about them and how God has set them up for the, this time I said he's like a Moses really or a Joseph that has gone that God has prepared for these for these people yeah
0: that's so good. Yeah, I think um, just preaching in what I was um, particularly touched by, I felt like the Holy Spirit saying, do you preach? Not When you preach there, you're not getting a lot of response. So they're not a very unresponsive church. Um, I'm just hesitating whether I should. Say. So, but their their response is different to ours. So they are not hallelujah everything or yes go for it or whatever but actually their response to God touching their lives is they all turn up for church on time and I'm going to let that sit there but I really do mean that and I know that can sound very heavy but their response in reverence isn't hallelujah amen brother preach the word it's I'm going to turn up because God's turned up I want to be here I don't want to miss anything what's going to happen here tonight so they don't actually verbalize it but it's the truth the other thing was when i was preaching i really felt like the holy spirit saying this is we talk about mixing the word with faith when we preach there you really have to because you're not getting the response that you think so you're going well i hope that landed well and and it challenged me on why i preach because you just have to go, yep, that is what this is about. Um, I'm just going to, I have to go for it and trust that that is going to land. And then you reap with the conversations that come up, because they all come, a lot of people come up and shake your hand and say, thank you so much. Basically, thank you for noticing us. Thank you for caring enough to travel 31 and a half hours to come and sit in the church with us and just hear our stories. So, um The language barrier is is a definite thing but when you have women going up to your wife and just just hugging her because they've just so much enjoyed us serving food with them um and so on there's really the the language barrier starts to break down
1: so good and and we honor you guys you know there's there's everyone's got different graces you know and and you know uh, whether it's whether it's Pastor Kimmy chatting with people for hours on end, or whether it's Jessie when she gets up here and heaven comes, or, or all the different giftings, but but you guys have a, have an amazing ability to sit with humans and listen, and to sit with humans and and be very normal, and and I think it's I don't think it's just your good people. I think it's something that's on your life, and yeah. I think it's really cool, but to be led by people that are good with humans, and. Um, um, that's really really cool. Um, well, what we're going to do now, church, is, is we're going to in a sec hop off the stage and just show you a video of I believe some of the displaced ref- uh, yes, people up. getting bit, yeah. getting some food. But just wanted to say quickly, uh, if you're a gentleman in the house, we would uh, me and Dad and Pastor Caleb and the team mm-hmm. we would love to see you Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Um, breakfast is covered, brekkie burritos, coffee's on as well. Everything's yeah. free. Bring a mate. We'd yeah, love yeah. Bring to some bring some friends. It's going to yeah. be very very relaxed. Brekkie <laughs> out, brave already got 60 odd men signed up so yeah. please don't miss it we only do a couple a year please come and we're going to be sharing a bit about the heart for next year for the yeah. men and yeah. uh christmas story starts next week uh, yeah. in the morning we're seeing the perspective of of mary having an angel rock up and saying you're going to have a kid but you're not going to be with anyone and then at night dad's going to be sharing about what was joseph meant to do with that uh so it's going to be a great start to the christmas yeah. season yeah. we love you why don't you turn your eyes to the screen and then dad's going to come and pray for us
0: Yeah, wonderful. Let's stand together. Just um, one thing I was just thinking about when we were watching that was somebody gave us a prophetic word um, when we were in Perth saying it wasn't so much about what we were taking to the Ukraine, as what was going to come on Heather and I while we were there. Um, And... I think that's a very important thing because, again, that softening up and opening up of the heart. It actually is about Heather and myself, obviously, but it's also about the softening and opening up of the heart of the church um, and realising that uh, God is moving in new and special ways. Um, Yes, let's just lift our hands across this place. Lord I just um, pray for this amazing church pray for myself but I pray for this amazing church people here tonight that you would make us willing Lord you make us willing to face the stuff that we need to face and sort ourselves out so that we can be ready to go when you want us to go Lord that you would continue to soften our hearts you continue to speak to us that we wouldn't be frightened Lord we wouldn't go that's someone else's job Lord we we would not be so introspective that we wouldn't say hey prepare me God prepare my heart for much larger things Lord, all of us, Lord, we just know there's no guilt and there's no shame and there's no heaviness about it, but Lord, all of us get so caught up in our things. Lord, may this year be, this coming 2023, be a time, Lord, of you shaking off, helping us to shake off stuff that doesn't matter and recommitting our lives, Lord, not in our heaven, not that we're doing anything wrong, but God, you would show us what to do. Individually, Lord, you would speak to our hearts. You would break our heart for what breaks yours. And Lord, we pray for this church. Lord, we pray for David and Ella. Lord, they're not crying, they're not weeping, they're not sad for themselves. But, Lord, there is something beautiful about seeing the gospel in action, Lord, in a very real way. And we pray for their peace. We pray for their safety. We pray for their vision. We pray for their heart, Lord, that they would continue to reach out and touch these people. It's such a beautiful thing that you're doing. We pray for salvations. Lord, wonderful salvations across that whole group of people that are meeting every day and breaking bread together and eating food together, Lord, that your gospel will be powerful, Lord, to save. Our involvement, Lord, teach us, help us to know what to do, Lord, so that we will be be a blessing and not a burden to them. Lord, pray for finance. I pray for finance to come in, Lord, from all around Australia, Lord, that you continue to add to so that we can be a blessing. And Father, we just... Pray for one another today. We thank you for this amazing church. Lord, we don't take it for granted. And we don't take for granted what we have here. Uh, Make us extremely thankful and grateful. And we're thankful for you tonight. We just pray for each one that everybody here tonight, Lord, have an amazing week. Lord, of encounter and of blessing. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Bless you. Have a great week. And we'll see you next Sunday. Okay, bless you. Bye. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's message. Our hope is that you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. If not, we'd like to invite you to begin your journey with him today. When we read scripture, we see that sin separates us from God, but that our relationship with God is restored by salvation through Jesus Christ. This happens because God gave Jesus his son to die in our place to deal with the sin problem, and he rose again so that we can have eternal life with him. If we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, we can know salvation today. If you're ready to do that and turn from a life of sin, then pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins, and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Saviour. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time today, we would love to know and reach out to you and support you, so please contact us at hello at Kingdomculture Church.com.au